Beloved, praise is the proper conclusion or proper ending for prayer. Or another way of saying it is the proper ending of prayer is doxology. Now, kids, the word doxology, it means a word of praise or a word of glorifying God. We sing the doxology. In fact, we'll sing it at the end of our worship service today. And what is the doxology? What are those words? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's a word, it's a song of praise, praising God. And this conclusion that we pray to the Lord's Prayer is a doxology. It is a praise to the God who is, the God who is all these things and who has all these things. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And yet it's not just a doxology. It's also, it also gives us the ground or the, the, the foundation for why we pray everything that we've prayed. Or another way of putting it, maybe a better way of putting it is it gives us the ground for why we pray these things to the God that we pray them to. What do we say? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In other words, because yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory, that is why we have asked you of all these things, our Father. For his is the kingdom. We don't say his is a kingdom. His is the kingdom. The one true kingdom. The kingdom of light. kingdom of truth. The kingdom of joy, the kingdom of peace and safety and wholeness and shalom. In fact, our problem is that we are not fully, completely, perfectly, exclusively in God's kingdom. We are in the midst of this conflict of kingdoms. Because in this kingdom of our gods, of our fathers, there's no sin, there's no suffering. In this kingdom, his name is hallowed and revered. His will is done. In this kingdom, this house of Zion, we feast on true food and true drink forever and ever. And this kingdom is his, which means he is the king, he is the Authority. He holds the authority. There is no opposition in his kingdom. But all those who are members of his kingdom rejoice in blessing upon blessing upon being members of his kingdom. And because it is his kingdom, this kingdom marches in advancement at his order. When it does, it comes in power. And in glory, because his is the power. His kingdom comes in power not because the kingdom has any power in and of itself, but only because the, the power of the kingdom is the king. And when he comes, he comes in power. He is the ultimate power. There is no power above him. He is the power above all powers. He's not a power among rival powers. He is the Power. Yours is the power. 
The kingdoms of the world set themselves against the Lord and against his anointed. And he who sits in heaven laughs. He holds them in derision for their powers but nothing. They set themselves up as a rival power and they are but grasshoppers under his feet. He does whatsoever he will. And were it not for God's infinite patience and his infinite grace, all who stand opposed to him would be demolished in an instant. His power is so unstoppable, so perfect, so immense that his mere breath brought to being all that we know. All creation brought about by his mere breath, by a mere whisper. The mighty mountains, the desolate deserts, the green grassy plains, the coastlands, the seas, the starry host, and everything in them brought by a word. But he's also the source of all power, not merely a power above all powers, but the source of all power. Were he to withdraw his power, we would cease to be. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. It is only by his power that we can do anything. Apart from him, we can do nothing. We can do nothing good. We can do nothing at all. His power is necessary and primary. So his is the kingdom, his is the power, but also his is the, the glory. The glory, not a glory. He will not share his glory with another. He is the glorious one, the one who is perfect in glory, perfectly glorious, majestic, holy, pure. He's so perfectly glorious, so immensely glorious that we, we lack the language. We lack the comprehension. We lack the imagination to even conceive of the, the immensity and the glory of his glory. Even the heavens declare the glory of God. Even the angels proclaim his glory day after day. Even we, mankind, are created as the image of the glory of God. But even in our most heightened awareness, even in our most rapturous delight, we're only conceiving of the faintest degree of God's glory. As the, the, the brightness of our sun is a, would be a dim flicker in light of the radiance and the fulgence and the perfection and the blind glory of the glory of God. So much so that if we were to gaze at him but for a moment, we would perish for the Lord said, no one can look at my face and live. Whereas Isaiah said, woe is me, for I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the Lord. Apart from his grace, we would have no hope for this glory. But not only that, is he, not only is he glorious in his being, but he receives glory for all that is good. 
The heavens declare the glory of God. All creation proclaims his glory, declares his glory. It, is, it exists because of him, and it, it testifies to the glory of the creator. Every ounce of salvation from the, amount of, from the aspect of God revealing his love for people, condescending to be with his people, giving the gift of faith, giving eyes to see the beauty of a Savior, the, 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 the mere story of redemption, of God becoming man, being born of a virgin, going to the cross and suffering for the sake of his people, being raised to new life and being ascended on high. All this testifies to the glory of God and he receives the glory for that. Every good and perfect gift comes from our Father and he receives the glory for all of that. His is the glory because from, for, from him and through him and to him are all things. His is the kingdom. His is the power. His is the glory. And brothers and sisters, that is our heavenly Father. That is, that is the God to whom we pray. And notice that we don't pray that God would have a kingdom. We declare that it is. Yours is the kingdom. We don't pray that his power would grow. His is the power. We don't pray that he would become glorious. He is glorious. His is the glory. And it is so forever. He is always his kingdom has always been. His power has always been. His glory has always been. It is now and it forever will be, beloved. Beloved, that is, the, that is our Heavenly Father to whom we pray. And it is because of who He is and because of these things that we have ultimate confidence that we can pray to Him and that we will receive what we ask. That's what Jesus came to teach us. He said, pray for these things. His is the kingdom, which gives us confidence to ask our Father, your kingdom come. His kingdom is there. We need this kingdom. We need him to subdue us. We need him to defeat us, to conquer us with his love. We need him to protect us with his might. We need to feed us with true food true kingdom food. So we ask him, give us this bread of life. We need him to open the gates to his kingdom. And so we say, forgive us our debts. Let us in. We need to glorify him as members of this kingdom. So we pray, hallowed be your name. Give us a sense of your glory and your might. We need him to restore his creation to its intended glory, which he will when his kingdom comes, when he defeats the evil one, when he delivers us perfectly from the evil one. And so we ask him to do these things. And we know that he will because our, our Savior taught us, saying, little flock, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is his kingdom, but what is his will be ours. But we also pray for the power. His is the power. We need the power. Oh, beloved, this is where we must pray. This is where we need to focus our, our prayers is on the power. 
We need his power to speak, to powerfully speak as his breath brought all creation into being. We need his breath to speak once again to give life to our mortal bodies. It's like the valley of dry bones where he spoke and the bones came to be. So he, we need his voice to speak to us, to speak to us in our spiritual deadness and to powerfully give us life. We need his power to unstop our dead ears, to be able to hear his words of grace. We need his, him to do eye surgery, removing the spiritual blindness to be able to behold the glory and the beauty of our Savior Jesus Christ. We need him to perform powerful heart surgery to remove the heart of stone and to give us a transplanted heart of flesh that we might adore this God, that we might truly praise him and truly glorify him and truly enjoy him forever and ever. We need him to make us not better people. We need to make, he needs to make us new creation. New birth, something completely different is recreated in the image of the Creator, transformed through the renewing of our minds by His powerful Word. And beloved, He can do this because His is the power. And He will do this because this is our Father's good pleasure. This is His will which He is he has revealed, and we pray with boldness, your will be done. Your will be done. We need the true bread of life to sustain us, to empower us, to give us this power to live in us. We need his spirit of power and love and self-control to work in us. And he will, because that is his will for us. And he has called us to ask for it. And beloved, this must be our mindset and our focus in our prayers. Are you praying that God's power would be made manifest? Oh, please, please do. Please ask our Father to glorify himself by exercising his power. Beloved, his is the power and he will give to us his power through his powerful spirit. And he will work his power and his might through the church. Are you asking him to do it? Oh, if God would exercise his power in your mind, how clearly, how perfectly would you understand the things of God? If God were to powerfully work in your heart, how, how tightly would you grasp in love? How much would you adore this God, and fall on your knees in adoration and praise and glory and weep before this God who has loved you from all eternity. And oh, if this God would powerfully work within you to will and to work, oh, he would establish the work of your hands. He would, he would satisfy you with good things that you know that he is working in you that which is pleasing in his sight. Oh, beloved, plead for his power. His is the power. Plead for it. Oh, beloved, please plead for the powerful preaching of the gospel from this pulpit and from all the pulpits in this land, beloved. Pray that the, the Spirit would work through these, the preaching of the word, that it would come in a spirit of a demonstration of the Spirit and power 
Because when God's power is made manifest, hearts are laid bare. And the Spirit works to convict, and to save, and to rescue, and to redeem. Pray, beloved, for God's power when you stand and when you're facing temptation, for He has given you the power to stand in His Spirit. He has given you the power to be delivered from that temptation that you might glorify and enjoy Him. Pray for the power to serve, to love with sacrificial love, to exercise the self-control that He calls you to. His is the power, and He gives the power. What is His will be yours, will be ours, will be mine, and it will be powerful. And He does this, beloved, because His is the glory. His is the glory. He does these things. He he works through us so that he would receive the glory. That's why we pray, hallowed be your name. It all comes back to glory for the one true and living God. Praise and adoration of this God. He delights in revealing his power and his might and his kingdom so that he would receive the glory. He's glorified when his kingdom comes. He's glorified when his authority is acknowledged, when his beauty and his majesty is acknowledged and praised and adored when his church works. When we confess our sins, he's glorified in forgiving us. He's glorified in transforming us from fools to those who are wise, from those who are lazy to those who are diligent and zealous for good works. He's glorified in protecting us and delivering us and getting the weak and the feeble to glory so we might praise him forever and ever. Beloved, do you have the confidence that you will receive these things? When you pray, you have confidence that you will receive these things, that God is hearing your prayers and that you will receive what you've asked. My dear friends, I, I believe our greatest hindrance in prayer is that we do not know who it is to whom we are praying, that we do not know God as he is. We don't understand what he has promised to do. and We don't have the faith. But God instructs us. He, he teaches us of his glory and his might. He's revealed his kingdom and his power and his glory all throughout the pages of scripture, beloved. And these are no mere empty words. These are our very life and beloved, we have confidence that God will hear us when we pray for these things, that he will do these things because we can look at Jesus Christ, his son, our savior, and we can say, aha, that is how this God works. Because Jesus came to give us a true knowledge of this God, a God who works wonders, a God who's merciful, a God who's holy, a God who does not leave the guilty unpunished, but a God who is merciful, a God who has the power to raise the dead, power to forgive sins. And he came to declare this kingdom. He came to inaugurate this kingdom. He came to show us God's glory and his power. When we look at him, and we hear what Jesus said to us, we know that all that he had 
He came to give to us. That's what he told his disciples on the night that he was going away. He said, when I go away, the Holy Spirit will come. And all that the Father has is mine. And the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will declare all that is mine to you. This kingdom, this power, yes, even this glory, all that is mine will be yours. And beloved, that is the good news of the gospel. That if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have his spirit, we have his kingdom, we have his power, and we, yes, even share in his glory forever and ever. And so we have confidence to boldly come to the throne of grace, to plead that God would work, that he would show us these things, and he would act. And beloved, that is our confidence. But it's not just confidence, friends. It's doxology. It's praise. Because that's what we're saying. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That is a word of praise. To declare who God is. To declare what God does. To do it boldly and confidently with joy and gladness is praise. To do it with a heart warmed and energized by the Spirit. That is praise. That is doxology. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Oh, beloved, that's doxology. That's praise. That's, that's the proper response to prayer. Praise, beloved, is how we must end our prayers. Our, how we must walk away from speaking with the one who is the high and lifted up God. It must be our fuel and our finish to prayer. J.I. Packer said, um, the more that you praise, the more vitality you will have for prayer. And the more that you pray, the more matter you will have for praise. Vitality in prayer matter for praise. And beloved, this is the pattern that we have throughout Scripture. Go read the Psalms. Read every, every one of them, all 150 of them. Read one a day. Actually, pray through the Psalms. They have the whole range of human emotion, sadness, joy, fear, anxiety, and the pattern is there, regardless of the emotion and the condition of the psalmist as he goes in, with only a very few exceptions, the psalmist ends in glorious praise and adoration, confident praise, knowing that God hears, knowing that God loves, knowing God will act, knowing God will deliver. And that's, that's our God. It's the same God that we pray to. We're looking in the New Testament prayers, beloved. We'll read through the, the letters of Peter, the letters of Paul. Read their prayers. Paul especially, whether he's praying or he's just teaching on some glorious theological truth, there are some times where he just can't help but burst out into praise. Oh, the depths of the riches of the knowledge of the Son of God, how unsearchable his judgments, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Beloved, does your heart sing with praise at this God? When you pray, 
God hears. Do you know the God that you're speaking to? Does your heart sing? This is the appropriate response, the appropriate ending to prayer. This is how we know that we are praying, that we know who we're praying to. This is how we know that we're praying in faith. This is how we know that we will receive what we have asked. Beloved. Jonathan Edwards, great American theologian, pastor, 1700s, he accounted for his, um, his conversion experience or the early parts of it. And he, he had read his Bible regularly, and it was just one day he read the passage from 1 Timothy 1.17, which will actually be our benediction today. And that, and, and, and that was the, the, the verse that struck him. And he said, and the verse is this, to the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And Edward said this, he said, never any words of scripture seemed to me as these words did. I thought with myself how excellent a being that was and how happy I should be if I might enjoy that God and be wrapped up in him in heaven and be as it were swallowed up in him forever. Oh, beloved, have you ever experienced such a thing? Have you ever been overtaken by the glory, the power of our great God? If not, beloved, don't be discouraged. Pursue it, because that is God's will for you. It is his will for you that you would know him and be transformed by him. And here's what I would encourage you to do in order to pursue after this. Is first, spend time meditating on who God is. Search the scriptures. Listen to what the prophets and the apostles say about who this God is. Meditate on his glory and his holiness and his power and his beauty. Let your heart expand as you soak in the character of this God, consider the immensity of a God who can create all things and who does all of his holy will. And as you do, praise him. Tune your heart to praise. Second, meditate on these three things in this conclusion, his kingdom and his power and his glory. Take one by one. Pray through them. Talk to God about them. Turn them around in your mind and in your heart. Let them change you. Personalize them. Not abstract concepts of a kingdom or a power or a glory, but yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Abba, yours is the glory. And as you do, praise him. Third, Meditate on what God has done in your life. You have things in your life that you can praise him for now, where he has demonstrated his power because his is the power. You can see how his kingdom has been at work in your life. Look for it. Train your, the eyes of your heart to see it. Isn't that what, what uh, Paul teaches us to do in Philippians chapter 4 when he says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, think about such things. You have those things. Focus on them. Look at them. And praise our Heavenly Father because he has revealed 
his love to you. And finally, discipline yourself to end your prayers with praise. This is a pattern throughout Scripture. Follow the pattern that our Savior got us, gave us, beginning by speaking to our Father and turning to the glory of God and then our needs and then concluding with a word of praise. And finally, beloved, one, one final part of our conclusion that uh, is so common we overlook it. Amen. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's not just a religious way of saying, okay, God, I'm done talking. This is a heart that says, Father, let it be so. My spirit is testifying that this is my desire. Would you please make it so? Brothers and sisters, be thoughtful and focused in your prayers from beginning to end, from our Father to our men. Because it is, Apostle Paul told us, that is through Jesus that we can say these amen. He says, for the, all the promises of God find their yes in, in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. Even amen is a means of glorifying and enjoying our God and conforming and conform to his will. Oh, beloved, we have been given a wonderful and glorious gift in prayer. We have been given the right to come before the almighty God to offer up our request, to ask him to work, to say, in essence, show us your glory, Father. He has is, he is extended to us an open ear. He sent his son to teach us how to pray. He gave us his son to work in us, to pray along with us. Beloved, let us be diligent in these things. May he continue to teach us how to pray. May he continue to bless us and and be a blessing through us as we ask him for these things. May his spirit empower us to pray in sincerity and in truth to move beyond mere words, but true heartfelt prayer according to his will. And may we be diligent and disciplined to put these things into practice. We might be zealous for the glory of God, for his glory, for our benefit, that we might glorify and enjoy him forever. Let's pray together. Lord, what a blessing it's been to study this prayer that your Son, our Savior, taught us. Thank you for teaching us how to pray. Oh, Spirit, we need you to work in us that we might pray with sincerity and truth, that we might behold our God with eyes of faith, that we might truly um, ask for these things that are yours, that you might bring them a work in us. Help us to... Pray with boldness and clarity and truth. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.